The title of the message tonight is, What About Those Unmet Needs? I would think that every person here tonight and every person at home would say that in your life, you probably have currently a prayer that hasn't been answered yet or a need that hasn't been met yet, either in your life or in your family's life, something you're praying about, something you're waiting on, some need in your life that hasn't been met yet, and that can be a real problem because here we are as children of God, and we know that God has promised to meet all of our needs, and yet sometimes we wonder, well, is he really going to meet this need, or how is he going to meet this need, or what about my particular case? And so it can be a problem for us, but in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, I want us to see a wonderful, wonderful promise tonight from God to us. And here's what Paul says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So God has made us a promise that every need that we have, He will meet that need. He will supply that need. He will address that need. God knows what we're facing. God knows what we will need. Now, today, as I have reflected on that, just that one verse about God meeting all of our needs, I have written down five thoughts about unmet needs because as I've thought about my own life and people's lives and what Paul was going through and he wrote this there locked up in, in prison in Rome, and yet God has made a promise to meet our needs. And I want, to, I want you, if you're a note taker, you might want to jot these down, and if not, just listen along. But I think these five truths, these thoughts are right at what we, right what we need to be thinking about tonight. Number one, our unmet needs are intended to drive us to God. Now think about this. If you never had a problem, if you never had a need, if everything in your life was just perfect, you would never go to God, or at least you wouldn't go to God as much. But there's something about having a need that hasn't been met that is intended by God to drive us to Him. And so we know that there is a purpose behind that unmet need. There's a reason God hasn't met that need yet. And one of the reasons is he's intending to use that as an occasion to drive you to God where you could uh, seek him and be in his fellowship and be in his care. I've quoted it before, but it's a little poem that I learned a long time ago that I think says it so well. It's about two little birds. One is a robin and a robin and the other one is a sparrow. And the poem goes like this. Said the robin to the sparrow, I would really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be. They have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. And so these unmet needs that sometimes we go through life and we have, maybe it's a physical need or a financial need, maybe it's an emotional need. I, the devotion I read today was talking about the value of loneliness. It was interesting. And so maybe tonight that's your situation, but it's an unmet need. And what I'm saying to you tonight is that unmet need is intended to drive you to God. On Monday of this week, we had the funeral service for one of the most faithful members our church has ever had, Betty Runnels. She joined here and was baptized on uh, February the 1st, 1958. And so she's been a member of our church for over 65 years and uh, 92 years of age, faithful, always sitting back there in that section just below the uh, sound equipment back there and the cameras, here all the time until she got sick and has been in a, an assisted living facility for the last couple of years, I guess now. But just a sweet, sweet lady. If you know Betty or the Runnels family, you know that 
her husband was a man named Pete, Pete Runnels, and Pete was a Major League Baseball player. He played for the Boston Red Sox. In fact, he is in the Boston Red Sox Hall of Fame. In fact, I was looking some statistics up about him today. He's a, he was a five-time All-Star, two-time American League batting champion, phenomenal career in the Major Leagues. And when he was 61 year, either 63 years of age, I believe, he was out playing golf one day with his two sons, and he had a stroke, and he was put in the hospital, and a few days after that, he died. Now, the interesting thing about that, just about two months before he died, the family had had Betty's 60th birthday party. She had just turned 60, and two months later, she becomes a widow. Now, 60 is young to become a widow, and I know we have several in our church who are much younger than that, but you put yourself in her shoes. Here she is married to a man, a professional athlete in, in perfect tip-top shape, and yet his life ended just that quickly. Well, about a year after that happened, one of she has uh, two sons and a daughter, and one of her sons, Mark, was killed in a car accident on 225, just totally unexpected and tragic and a heartbreaking experience. In fact, when that happened, I was living in Fort Worth, and I remember getting a call from my dad telling me what had happened to Mark, and it just shocked and broke all of our hearts. And so here's Betty, now 61 years of age, lost her husband, lost one of her sons, and she's trying to work herself through that grief. And here's, here was her testimony, not after weeks or months, but after several years of going through that. Here's what she said. She said, you know, I never have gotten over missing Pete and Mark. My heart will always be broken over that. But she said this, if I hadn't been through what I have been through, I don't think I would know Jesus in the same way that I know him now. And I said, there's a powerful, powerful testimony. And, and I shared that at her service. My dad and I did this past Monday. But to think that all that, that, those, those tragic and unexpected losses and heartbreaks that happened in her life, and she used that as an occasion to do what? To go to God and to turn to Him in a fresh way. She was already a dedicated Christian by them, but that quote, if I hadn't been through the things that I've been through, I don't think that I would know Jesus in the way that I know Him now. And that's why I'm saying tonight that our unmet needs are intended to drive us to God. Now, something else about unmet needs that I think is just as important, and uh, it's certainly true. Our unmet needs test our patience. Because when you have a need that's not met, something in your life that's not right, you need God to address this situation, and He has not done that. Sometimes it tests our patience, and we're tempted to go out and to meet this need ourselves, and to take matters into our own hands. And so the test is this, will I wait on God to meet this need, or will I take matters into my own hands and meet this need myself? You know, I've, I made this comment back this summer when we are having that drought, that if, if you go long enough without rain... You have to go out and water your yard. Those of you who have sprinklers, you just happens automatically anyway. But if you don't, you have to go out and water your yard. So here's, here's the thought on that. If God makes it rain, you don't have to water your yard. But if there's a drought, then you have to water the yard. Now, that's, a good, that's just the way you're supposed to do with your yard. But I think sometimes we take that same mindset and say, I have a need, I have a problem, I have a situation and God hasn't sent the rain, 
God hasn't met the need. God hasn't solved the problem. And so what I've got to do is take matters into my own hands, and I've got to you know, make this work. And I think sometimes we, we, we view an unmet need like we view a drought, and we just say, well, if God's not going to do it, I've got to do it. And I think one of the things we need in our lives is discernment to know when we, certainly God would have us to be responsible and do our part, but friend, there's some things in life you can't fix. There's some problems in life you can't solve, and we have to just be patient and be willing to wait on God to meet those needs. But when we have an unmet need, it it tests our patience. And so tonight, if this is where you are, my advice to you and my encouragement from Scripture to you would be to go to God in prayer and say, God, with this situation in my life, is there anything that I need to do that I have failed to do? And if there is, just show me what that is. But if not, then I'm going to just have to wait for you to come through and for you to meet this need for me in my own life. But unmet needs test our patience, test our resolve, test our determination, test our willingness to wait on God and let God meet the need in His way and in His time. And then something else about unmet needs that I think is very important, and that is this. Our unmet needs are often met in community. One of the reasons God has placed the church on the earth and in the world is so that we could meet one another's needs. And this is certainly what's happening to Paul when he's writing this letter to the Philippians. Now, you're in chapter 4. Go back to verse number 14. Because Paul is now thanking these Philippian believers for how they have helped to meet needs in his life. And he says this, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the need, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And then Paul says, and my God shall supply all your need. In other words, just like God has used you to supply my needs, God is going to supply your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so what is Paul saying? Paul is saying, to these, to these friends in, in Philippi, as I look back on how good you've been to me, you have met my needs, my physical needs, my material needs, not to mention spiritual and emotional needs, and he was just thanking them for that. But it leads me to say tonight that our unmet needs are often met in the context of community. Now, the person that's seated, seated next to you tonight or the person that is seated near to you tonight they may have come to the service tonight with a need. And who knows what that need might be. But their need might be just to have a conversation with somebody. I would say there are probably people here tonight who haven't had, uh, and this probably wouldn't be many like this, but there may be some here tonight, you haven't had a conversation with anybody all day. And so one of the things that you need is somebody to have a conversation with. You need that. Well, what I'm saying is you may be seated next to somebody, and that's what they need. Maybe that's not what you need. Maybe you've been talking all day long. But they need that, and God may use you tonight, even after the service, to meet that need for encouragement, for prayer, for fellowship. 
several months ago, I, got, I was going home from work one day, and I, I had a death notice. Some, a man had died. I did not know the man. He and his wife had just joined our church a few months before he died, and I, I, did, I had not met either one of them. Maybe they had only been here for a few weeks. And so I saw the death notice, and I, and I had waited intentionally for a few days after he had died before I called because I knew that others were calling. So I waited even until after the funeral was over, and I called one night about 6.30. Phone rang. She answered. I introduced myself, and I said, I'm just calling to express my sympathy to you in the loss of your husband. And I said, I hope I'm not getting you at a bad time. She said, no, John. She said, I'm glad you called. I have, we haven't met, and, and, but I, I'm glad you called tonight. And she said, you're not getting me at a bad time. In fact, she said, you're getting me at a good time. She said, to tell you the truth, this is my first night to have dinner by myself. She said, my husband and I have been married. I can't remember how many years. I mean, close, just many, just decades they had been married. And she said, we had his service And after the service, you know, I've been with kids and family. And she said, but all day long, I have been dreading having dinner tonight by myself in my house. It's the first time I've done this. And so she said, I'm really glad you called. And I said, well, maybe it's not a bad time. And so we were talking on, and I said, well, how long have you been married? And she told me, and how did you meet? And she told me, and how many kids? And she told me, and where did he work? And all this, and what happened? And She told me all the things, and we just were talking back and forth, and then we started talking about the church and the church they had come from and now here, and we're just talking and talking back and forth, back and forth. And after about 30, it was a longer conversation than I thought it might be. After about 30 or 35 minutes, she said to me, and it just the way she said it, it touched my heart. She said, John, I just want to thank you for calling me. She said, as I said, this was my first meal to eat by myself. And she said, in the course of this conversation, I have finished my meal. And she said, I just want to thank you for having dinner with me tonight. And it was the sweetest thing that anybody ever said. She said, I want to thank you for having dinner with me tonight. I said, well, it's been an honor, and you're a cheap date, because it didn't cost me anything that uh, I'd had paid. But it was just, the point is, there was a lady who the whole day had been dreading having dinner by herself. And I just happened to call at just the right time. So that made me feel good because I felt like, you know what? I, I was, a, in some small way, I was a blessing to this lady tonight. And in, in turn, that was a blessing to me. A moment ago, Jimmy mentioned the f- numbers of funerals that we're having at the church right now. And, and we are having a lot of our most faithful members go to be with the Lord. And we found out just last night, I believe, that a, another member who has not actually been a member here that long, a man named Keith Westfall, uh, went to be with the Lord, I think it was last night or, or maybe very early this morning. But Keith is about my age. He and his wife have a son in our school here, First Baptist Christian Academy. And years ago, Keith was diagnosed with cancer. In fact, it was kidney cancer. And he's been through all the treatments and procedures and everything they could do. And and finally, it just got to the point there wasn't anything else they could do. And so he has known for the last, I would say, year or two that from a medical perspective, there wasn't anything else that they could do. Well, in the course of, of his diagnosis and him processing all of this, since his son is in our school, he met our head of school, Dr. Robert White, just as a parent. He just met Dr. White, and they kind of struck up a friendship and a conversation. 
And Dr. White learned about his cancer and the battle he was facing. And he said, Keith, would it ever be possible for us to go to lunch together? And Keith said, yes, it, it, I would like to do that. I would like to go to lunch with you. And so they met up here at Jimmy Changa's one day, and they were having lunch. And in the course of that conversation, Dr. White said, now, Keith, I know that you and your, your family are not only in the school, but coming to the church. And yes, we're coming to First Baptist. We like First Baptist. We've enjoyed, we've enjoyed the church. And, and uh, they're, they're talking about the church. And so Dr. White said, now, Keith, tell me about your relationship to the Lord. Has there ever been a time in your life where you were saved? And Keith said back to him, well, it's interesting you would ask about that because I've been wondering and kind of worried about that myself. And so Dr. White just very simply told him how to be saved and how he could know that he was saved. And at Jimmy Chonga's, uh, one day at lunch, they just bowed their heads for prayer and uh, Keith asked the Lord to come into his heart and was saved. And not long after that, he got baptized. So as his illness has gone along and, and progressed, even though it's been painful and difficult, he's, he's had that peace in his heart, knowing that he is going to heaven to be with God when he died. But the point I'm making is that many times our needs, that's the most important need we have, is for salvation and for forgiveness. But our needs are often met in community. Now, something else. You still listen? Say amen. Something else about our unmet needs that I was thinking today. Now, if you have a need, and, and it's been unmet for a long time, the first thing I would say to you tonight, and the first thing God would say to you tonight is, just be patient, just wait, stay faithful, and at the right time, the right way, I'm going to meet that need. So we, we, know, we know that part. But I would say something else tonight, just for your consideration. If you have a need, you, you, you are de you're, you're declaring you have this need in this particular area in your life. And it's been a long time that you've been praying about this. And that need hasn't been met. I'm just putting this out tonight, not to discourage you, but just to preach truth. In fact, I want to just read it as, as clearly as I, as, I, as I wrote it. If you have a need that has been unmet for a long time, maybe you don't need what you think you need. Now, you think about that. Maybe it's not a need. Maybe you think it's a need, and maybe it is. And if it is a need, you know, when it says, Paul said, my God shall supply all your need, that means if, if what you say is a need is really a need, God will meet that need. But I'm saying sometimes we think we need something, and the fact is we really don't need that. We just want that, or we think we need that because somebody else has it. But I think this is certainly food for thought to ponder. If you have something that you're calling a need that has been unmet for an extended period of time, you should at least ask God, God, do I really need this? Or is this just something that I think I need? Just take, for the sake of that illustration, take it one step further. That thing that maybe tonight you think you need, that, that need hasn't been met yet. Okay, let's just play like you died without that need having been met. Well, if that's the case, this verse isn't true because the Bible says God's going to supply your every need. So if you die with a need that was unmet, how do, we, how do those of us who are still living diagnose your case? Well, we would have to conclude what he thought he needed, he didn't really need. 
What she thought she needed, she didn't really need. It wasn't really something they needed. It was just something they wanted or something that they thought they needed. Now, I'm not saying that that applies to anybody here tonight, but I do think it's worth considering. If you have a need that has been unmet for a long time, maybe you don't really need what you think you need. Maybe God has something different in store or in mind for you. Maybe God has something better. Now, you say, well, John, how do I know if this, if this thing I'm praying for is, is a need in God's mind? You know, there, there are needs. There are greeds. God hasn't promised to meet all of our greeds. There are random desires. <laughs> God hasn't promised to meet all of all that, not if, we, not if it's not of him. What I would encourage you to do tonight, if you have a need that hasn't been met yet, when you get home tonight, ask God, if you really need what you think you need. And you say, well, you think he's going to tell me? Yeah, I th- yes, I do. I, th- I think more than likely he will, maybe not tonight, but I think as the days go on, he will impress on your heart whether what you think you need is really a need or if it's not really a need and, uh, and it's just something that you're thinking that, that you would like to have. Now, I don't say that to confuse you or to discourage you. I'm just saying uh, we have to let God be the one who determines what it is that we really need. And sometimes we don't, we don't need what we think we need or what we maybe would even like to have. And then the last observation I've written down tonight about these unmet needs is simply this. Our unmet needs are ultimately met in Jesus Christ. They're ultimately met in Him. And the devotion I read this morning talking about that, about loneliness, and, and that can be a real need for people too. But, and for all of us, sometimes we feel that. But the need that we have for companionship and friendship and all that, certainly it's met in community, certainly it's met in marriage, certainly it's met in friendships and family and all those things. But ultimately, our unmet needs are met in Jesus. Uh, Everything, you know, the old song says, you are all I need. Well, there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, at the end of the day, he is all that we need. And so I encourage you tonight. I, you know, this verse in Philippians 4.19 has been such a blessing. I wish you could see my Bible. How many times I have dated this. I've dated this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times in the course of about, uh, I guess I got this Bible in 2007. So just in my Bible readings in those times, <laughs> I've underlined it, circled it, and dated it. Nine times. I don't even remember what all my needs were the day. I don't remember what I was thinking on all those days. But I claimed it. My God shall supply my every need. Now, I would encourage you tonight. If you have an unmet need, when you get home, or even right now, if you've got your Bible with you, draw a circle around that 19th verse and just underline the promise. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and claim that promise and say, God, here's what I feel like I need. I just claim your promise to meet the need. And for the sake of the argument, if you don't give me what I'm asking for and you don't give me what I'm desiring, I'm just going to conclude I didn't really need what I thought I needed because if I needed it, you would give it to me. And so our unmet needs, it's an interesting thing. They're intended to drive us to God and ultimately to find our contentment and our satisfaction and our peace in our relationship with Him. Amen.
And so, Father, tonight I thank you that you have given us a tremendous promise about the needs that all of us have in our lives. And God, probably in most cases, they are real, legitimate things you would even say, no, that's a need, that's a need. But God, there are certain instances when we think we need something, and um, maybe time goes on and you reveal to us, maybe we don't, or maybe we don't need it now, or maybe we don't need it as badly as we thought we needed it. Because really, God, our needs are all ultimately met in you. And I pray that as we go from here tonight in just a moment, that we would go knowing that not only are you the need meter, you're the one who meets the deepest needs of our hearts and of our souls. Now, with your head bowed and eyes closed tonight, especially those of you who have an unmet need, right now in the privacy of this moment, would you just let that unmet need drive you to Jesus? And just ask Him tonight plainly and honestly and humbly, to meet that need. Just ask Him to do that in your life, in your family's life. And I would just say this to God. I would say, God, unless at some point you reveal to me that I don't really need this, I'm going to keep praying for you to meet this need. I'm going to keep waiting on you to meet this need. I'm not going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to just trust you to take care of it in your own time and your own way. And if down the road of life you reveal to me that I don't really need this, I'm just going to believe that you have something better in mind for me. And so it's a win-win situation. Not only do I trust your ability to meet my needs, and your timing to meet my needs. But, Lord, I trust your judgment as to what I need and what I really don't need. I trust, your call. I trust you to make that call more than I trust myself. Now, with your head bowed and eyes closed tonight, if you have never been saved... That is your greatest need. That is your first need to make peace with God through having your sins forgiven and placing your faith in Jesus Christ. We're seeing people do this in almost every service. Even on Wednesday nights, we're seeing it quite often. Tonight, if you would like to know that you're saved, would you pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. Welcome to my heart, Lord. Begin now to make me the person that you want me to be.